Tim and Tom. Hey, Tom. Hey, Tim. Thanks for joining me on this uh, extra special episode of Tim and Tom. Uh, yeah, we're giving uh, some uh, some extra content to the listeners uh, for being such loyal supporters of us on this platform. Yeah. I like all uh, three of those people. Yeah, thank you. Thank right. you, Mom. Yeah. 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 A parentheses S. <laughs> so no, uh, this is going to be a special content episode. You could expect more of this throughout mm-hmm. the duration of the podcast. So what we're trying to accomplish with this goal <laughs> yeah. is that we uh, want to highlight some of the past guests that we've had on to hopefully pique your interest to go check out some past episodes and also to just show uh, some fun moments that we've had between the two of us. Also to use this as a platform to get new listeners, right? Mm-hmm. So if you yeah. like this episode and you say, hey, I don't necessarily want you to listen to a past episode where they're talking about a chief season that's over. Here's a highlight. This should hopefully pique your interest, and yeah. then you can check out some episodes yourself. Now, we do talk about the Chiefs season in this episode, because there are some fun moments in some of our sports episodes. But you get the point. You guys are smart. All of you folks listening. Is some of you? Some of you are smart? Most of them. Right? The Definitely smarter than me, so yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously. So you got Tom beat. Like you said, listen to it. Find maybe something that uh, you want to know more about and go back to that episode. And we'll just roll right into it. You ready, Tom? I am. Let's get it going. Tim and Tom. I'm Tim. Tom's over I'm on the other Tom. Side. He's Tom. Uh, back. It's been a couple of years, but we're back. Yes, it has. What, what's the phrase? It's been a long time since I've step- seen you need a don't beat to step two, step two, step, step, step two. Remember that? I remember that, but I don't remember it like that. That's not how. <laughs> Tim and Tom. You're not a big Kansas City Royals fan. You were always a big Yankees fan. Love but, the Yankees. But Growing what up, do you? Derek Jeter was my favorite absolute yeah. athlete of but all time. But you did go to the big parade. You did mm-hmm. enjoy the festivities. You did find it neat. That so, how do you feel now, knowing some of these guys might not be coming back? The other, some of them, definitely aren't. Well, I hope Hosmer goes, because I've ever told you my Hosmer story. Mm-mm. So I'm at a bar, right? Okay. And this is so before, there I was. So, so there I was, at a bar. And this is before <laughs> my wonderful, gracious, talented, beautiful girlfriend, Emily. Oh, yeah, who would this keep you in check. Her. Right. This is before her. Right. So I'm at a bar. And I'm talking to this girl, as you do, all night, right? I'm buying drinks. We're doing the stupid little Mm -hmm. Uh one-two shuffle dance. You got all kinds of jokes. We're weird. And I'm doing all this weird stuff. And I don't know, buy a drink, make fun of myself because I have low self-esteem. Right. That's what I do. Like, get girls to pity me. And I'm just talking to her and talking to her and talking to her. And we're, right? More drinks, all the fun stuff. And then she just looks at me, and then her eyes just go right behind me. And I was like, what the hell? Look behind me. The starting lineup for the damn yeah. Kansas City Royals yeah. 2015 come walking in. Uh. And Hosmer's standing there just waiting for girls. He was like a light, and all these women were the bugs that yeah. were about to kill themselves <laughs> on him. And I'm just staring at her, and I go, oh, I'm done. This is what I say verbatim. I go, oh, I'm done here? And she was like... I mean, it's Hosmer. Right, and I was yeah. like, yep, see ya. You, sir. <laughs> Spent all that uh, money, and I went you, home sir, by myself. Yeah, you, sir, are no Eric Hosmer. <laughs> you got Hosmer. <laughs> jerk. He's just two inches taller than me. You got Hosmer. You got Hosmer. Yeah, I got Hosmer. 
So he can haas his way back to Miami. That's yeah. what I think. Tim and Tom. We have David Hayden of Updown. We're always having a blast when we're here, and today's no different. We come here a lot, but when we tell our friends, family, associates, co-workers, things like that, they don't really know what it's about. Now, we have friends that come here a lot as well, but basically we're here to kind of dig into what is this place? What is this up-down as it is? You have friends that come here a lot. I don't have a whole lot of friends. Yep. So, David Hayden, you're the marketing manager? Yeah, I'm the marketing manager for UpDown nationally. We have locations in Kansas City, Des Moines, and Minneapolis. Why Kansas City? How did this, of all places, get an UpDown? Sure, the original UpDown opened in Des Moines, Iowa. It was downstairs from a live music venue that the owners owned together called Woolies. When the basement became available, they had had this idea of creating an arcade that was more a style of what they would want to hang out in as a bar that had more to offer than just drinking and uh, watching whatever game happened to be on ESPN Ocho at the moment. They they had started collecting the games when the bar became available. The landlord asked them about it, and they opened the first one in the basement 27 days after they signed the lease. And that kind of served as the incubator, helped them understand how an arcade bar flow works, you know, how a, learned a lot of the trade secrets that they put into the concept. And when they wanted to open the second one and make a full-size one, Kansas City was their first target. And that's where I got started with them, was looking for a location for this bar in Kansas City. We're in the crossroads now, which I think is an amazing spot for this place. I think it fits the vibe well. Was this one of the highest intended places, or did this come about because, well, we ran out of three or four ideas? I'm a lifelong resident, and I knew that this location was the spot, was what I recommended to them in the very first conference call. Now, it took about 11 months for them to come around and agree with me on the idea we looked at westport we looked at lots of other places in town but the vibe of the bar just matches the vibe of the neighborhood so well that the crossroads was the ideal location for this bar so how would you describe your clientele here Uptown is at its core a nostalgia bar we, we try to get away from the idea of arcade bar because we have a lot more to offer than that what we what we want to do is we theme everything in 70s and 80s. So the, on the televisions, you're going to see all 70s and 80s movies. You're going to see classic pro wrestling. You're going to see American Gladiators. Uh, things that take you back to that time frame. The wall is like a, a, a wallpaper, a decoupage of 80s and 90s icons. And then the classic arcade games to go along with it. People sometimes ask me, is this an 80s bar? Is this a 90s bar? The secret is, it's a when you were 13 bar. We want you to go back to that time when you were first able to kind of go out and explore on your own maybe the parents would drop you off at the arcade maybe you got to go out and do that sort of stuff but go back to that age where you could just go ahead and be excited about things when you could go and you could like get stoked that you had two dollars worth of quarters in your pocket and that was going to be an hour's worth of adventure at an arcade uh we want to give everybody that now we pair it with contemporary music we pair it with 48 craft beers on tap the best selection in my opinion of craft beer in kansas city so you still have all those things that appeal to you as an adult while giving you all of the fun and excitement that that lets you go back to being a kid again tim and tom well i realized i was old oh (laughs) you just now yep so i recently had a birthday (laughs) 
that's cool, right? Yeah, Birthdays are right. Always great. It's always it a fun you, time. Yeah, it makes you think about you know just your life. You kind of do a do an inventory on what you go what you have going on, positive and negatives, all that stuff, right? This past weekend was uh, First Fridays, and I went to First Fridays. That was a great time. Here's when I found out I was old. I was at a uh, local uh, chocolate shop. It's called Bees and Wheezy. Bees and Wheezy. And they sell all this amazing chocolate. Some of the chocolate is infused with beer, locally like Free State and Torn Label and Boulevard, all of that stuff. Chocolate's amazing, right? We get there like 930 at night. A girl orders a double macchiato, triple shot, whipped cream, you know, flavor of the month, right? Whatever that is. And my first reaction, Tim, I said, man, are we partying tonight? Because who's drinking a coffee past 930? Yeah, Yeah, I would have took a nap earlier today if I knew we were getting into it like this. Tim and Tom. How do you make friends as an adult with other guys? Well, I met you as an adult, right? And that came through work. I feel like a lot of it comes through work, right? No, 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 that's not my question. That's not my question. Not, Not like... Hey, man, we sit next to each other and we have lunch. I'm saying like, let's say you go to a local bar and you strike up a conversation for you, let's just say, with another K-State fan yeah. who happens to be a guy that's just drinking a beer there too. Uh-huh. What's, how do you make, I don't have any friends. How do you make friends as an yeah, adult? Yeah, I don't know because like, yeah, if let's say I go, there's a, uh, I used to live in Olathe, I don't now, but I used to live in Olathe, there's a bar called Dub V's there. And it's K-State Bar. Wife's out of town or something. And I'm going to go watch a game. I'm going to go down to Dub V's. And I see some dude there, right? I don't know. Let's say for the sake of argument, he's just some guy, right? I, I don't even know his name. But we happen to be sitting at the bar and we're watching the game. So we just start, you know, talking as you would. Like, oh, did you see that touchdown? That was amazing. Hey, where'd you, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, well, I went to school there at whatever, right? How you would strike up a conversation. But how do you then go, you know what I mean? Are you on Facebook? That seems weird, right? Like, what do well, you do? Yeah. Or do you ask for his number? Because yeah. then, like, you're, does he you're think not like, oh no? On a date? Yeah. Does he think he, this was right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's but a you little want a tough friend. Thing. Yeah, I haven't had that problem. I'm making enough friends at work that I don't got to worry about that. What, so the one other guy you're, just you're really good friends no, with? No, I'm just kidding. You're my only friend. Tim and Tom. I mean, soccer's not. Oh, yeah. Not, I yeah. love going to the games. Yeah. Although, soccer, here, here, here's where you're losing me. Let's get into this just real quick. <laughs> yeah. Soccer, this is where you're losing me. If I'm pay- How much is a ticket? Do you know? I, I don't uh, know. I think Sporting KC, you get 35 bucks, something like that. Okay. 40 bucks, yeah. If I'm spending $35 soccer. Yeah. Then when I leave, the score better be different than when I arrived. <laughs> okay? I'm not paying you $35 uh, and, yeah. and it was zero zero. Yeah. What I think they could do to resolve some of that is like when you get into the World Cup, they have a way to do tiebreakers when they're in, when they're right. in that tournament thing. The so World do, Cup's great. Right. So do that every time. Yes. Give me a winner and a loser every time. I where at least so where I guaranteed invested. somebody's going to get a point at least. Somebody's going to at least get one mm-hmm. point. Yeah, do a right? shootout. I don't care if every game that's a 0-0-1-1 tie ends in a shootout. Right, Just or give me fist a fight or something. Tim and Tom. 
It's the World War One Museum, the National World War One Museum and Memorial. We have Laura Vote. We went over this over the break. Got to make sure I say it right. <laughs> it's the museum's curator of education. How are you? Uh, I'm doing really well. How are you all? Doing great. Hey, so let's just jump right into this. Why Kansas City for the National World War One Museum? That's a great question. And it really comes down to the civic-mindedness of Kansancidians. Two weeks after the armistice was signed, Kansancidians came together and they wanted to create a memorial for those who had lived through and those who died during the World War. And that was back in 1919. We just kind of made some, some movements forward. We managed to raise $2.5 million in 10 days, which is about $34 million mm-hmm. in today's dollar. Yeah. That which, that if is? you guys know anyone who like to do that, uh, <laughs> we would be happy to have that uh, have that extended conversation. Uh, yeah. But it, that's it. Kansas Cityans are the ones who came together and they wanted to create the space and they raised the money to do it. Within less than 10 years from when we entered into the war, this magnificent space in the heart of America, right across from one of the busiest railroad stations in the nation at the time, that's where this memorial, the nation's memorial to you know, the worst war the world had ever seen, opened uh, with the tower that you can ride up in and the two original exterior buildings and the two Assyrian sphinxes. It's really a lovely, lovely construction. And it's also a really fantastic place to uh, celebrate a World Series win. So how do you balance, I mean, obviously this is a really somber subject, is World War One, and you need to do justice to that, but you also don't want people's takeaway to be every time I go to the World War One Museum, I leave crying my eyes out. I'm not going back to that place. So how do you? <laughs> that's got to be a very difficult task, isn't it? Uh, yes, <laughs> okay. yes, it is. Um, <laughs> Part of how we do that, though, if if you think through, I mean, just open up the newspaper to the things that are going on today. Sure. There are things that we should all be crying our eyes out over. Mm-hmm. And so part of our job is to share the, the terrible things that were happening in, in the war. And just as we kind of engage our own present, we also look at some of the amazing things and the and the heroes and the stories that come out of that time frame and the innovations. With our public programs, we have told the story of how World War One changed tattoos and how society perceived tattoos and really the undergarments of uh, the United States. There's all sorts of ways that World War One has really had an enduring impact uh, on our nation, and many of them are quite unexpected and not quite as heavy as looking at uh, the death tolls and the, the terrible things that, sure. that happened. We're kind of in that 100-year mark, coming up in 2018 here, and almost, what just about a year in November here will be marked the centennial of the war ending. I imagine you guys already have to be thinking about that and planning for that. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I can't tell were me. Were you any looking other... for a sneak peek there, no? Tim and Tom? I no? thought that you were going to get that. Tim and Tom. These kids, these other kids, were were playing real physical, and uh, you know these things are officiated by like high school kids. You know, of course, getting uh, so, ten dollars a game, right? So it's wildly inconsistent, and these refs did not care. I mean kids getting thrown around bodied all over the place and my son was you know what i mean he was battling but by about the eighth time i see him get you know what i mean just straight knocked over i was like hey 
Like, you know what I mean? I was like, come on. And, like, he landed, hit his head on the ground, immediately kind of looked over at the coach and was like, hey, I got to. You know what I mean? Like, I could tell. I was like, uh-oh. So I went over and talked to him for a second. He was all right and got back in the game later even uh, and seemed to be fine afterwards. But sports, man, so, that's how that works. So they're not doing the uh, concussion protocol in fifth grade soccer? <laughs> well, I went over and asked him if he was all right. What more do you want from me? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Hey, boy, you good? Uh, Wipe some dirt on it. Get back out there. Tim and Tom. Tonight I went to my daughter's uh, eighth grade conferences parent teacher conferences that sounds like the worst and she got straight a's so it wasn't the worst oh so that uh, sounds the best i was just thinking uh, of me as a student oh oh i know like well i was I, yeah she always does this i mean she does amazing well at school is always getting straight a's on a roll but every time we go for the longest time my wife for a couple different reasons either out of town one time was sick one time last three or four i'd say conferences that are in this middle school setting where it's like all the teachers in a gym and you just kind of go mm-hmm. up to one it's just been me and my daughter and so i go in there like, all right, well, how bad is this going to be, right? Level with me before we get in here. And she just, you know, she's like, whatever, shut up. You know, I got straight A's. I was like, how many I'm detentions? I'm smart, dad, all right? I was like, how many detentions? What? You know what I mean? And I roll with it. doesn't I, matter. I got A's. I go out to embarrass her. I ask the teachers, I'm like, all right, so what? what's the deal? How many spit wads? Is she, you know what I mean? I'm like, what's going on? She's talking too much, and she never says a word. You know what I mean? Like, she's too busy being smart to be over here talking, you know? And they all, you know, kind of like, yeah, no, she, you know, like, I don't know why you're here really even. Well, then yeah, do you start fun. bragging? Because I would. I would, like, put her on my shoulders and run her around the school and be like, this is the smartest woman alive. No, we do. What I, what I do, though, is I start fishing for the compliments about my parenting at that point, right? Oh, you know? okay. So I'll be like, and yeah. I'll be like, you know, I don't know why we come here, I guess. And they're like, well, you know, it's because you come here. It's reasons like this. I'm like, yeah, you know what? You're right. You're clearly a smart person. You're educating the future of our of our nation. So, I, you know, I might have to agree with you on that one. <laughs> no, I do a lot of that very tongue-in-cheek and kind of give her a good time. And then we, you know, take her out Is to wherever she wants to Is it tongue-in-cheek? No. I mean, it's tongue-in-cheek, <laughs> but I'm also, but I mean it. You know, I just, my tongue's so, in my cheek. I'm so right. then it's not tongue-in-cheek. It's, so my, it's, it's meant to be real. My tongue's in my cheek, but I mean it. Tim and Tom. We are joined by a good friend of mine, Nick Jacobs of 41 Action News. Your Snapchat is one of the coolest things that I've ever seen. You actually break down, for people who haven't seen it, you break down the Chiefs game film. How did that come about? What made you want to decide to like do that? Because that's something where, you know, you hear people give Chiefs takes about, oh, Alex Smith should throw the ball more downfield and all that, but they don't like have an insight like you do. So where did that come from? And then why did you decide to kind of break down film like you do? So the biggest thing is with Snapchat is that it's a medium that it's still untapped in a lot of regards to where it's going to become something big. I, I still think it has the possibility to be something really big down the road. And Snapchat does a really good job of combining people for storytelling in that aspect. But, I mean, with, my, with the TV background, I, I understand what people want, what people, what people are interested in. And in, in this day and age, in terms of the NFL or a lot of sports, fans want to learn stuff. People that follow you, whether it's on Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever – they want to learn something about that industry or about you personally. So the biggest thing is with Snapchat, what I did is like, all right, people follow me because they want to, they want to hear breakdowns about football. And I think that's what's made Twitter so popular. And I think that's what's going to make some other social media so popular down the road 
is people want to be able to know the game better. They want to be able to talk to their buddies, and they're like, oh, my gosh, how did you know that? And you're like, I, I just know things. Somebody's listening to a podcast or whatever. They just want to learn something, gain knowledge, be entertained, and just not get bored with it. So if you're able to accomplish all those things, I think that's something that a lot of people enjoy. This has been really fun and informative, man. I feel like I, I, I'm a little talked off the ledge with the Chiefs. I'm telling you, they they are going to be perfectly fine. I thought they were going to lose. When I predicted it back in August when I had to write an article on it, I thought they'd lose to the Patriots, to the Steelers, to the Raiders this Thursday, and then to the Cowboys. And I thought they'd be four. Uh, I thought they'd be, you know, kind of in that four, five and four range at the end of their bye week. But the way things are going right now, I I could see them going anywhere between twelve and four to fourteen and two. Okay, come so on I, with I it. wouldn't. I, like I wouldn't it. worry too much about it. I really don't. I would be surprised if they lose more than four games this year. It's because they had a serious injury that they couldn't overcome. Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Chiefs win the Super Bowl. You heard it here, Nick Jacobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know about Super Bowl. But... Tim and Tom. Monday was our, uh, my wife and ours, uh, 14-year wedding anniversary. Tom. Oh, congratulations to her. 14 years. Well, yeah. Congratulations. You. Of course. Oh, what? yeah <laughs> me i'm yeah. great congratulations I, I to your am. wife a standing ovation for 14 years oh, of hard if, service if anybody doubts her dogged you. if anybody doubts her dogged determination through adversity and annoyance and yeah, frustration and <laughs> yeah with me yeah tim and tom so we have Dr. Alan Katz, professor at UMKC, former ambassador to Portugal. For those who aren't aware what American Public Square is, describe kind of the condensed version of what the goal is for, for this organization. Basically, American Public Square is a series of community programs, and the organization is a group of non-like-minded people who are willing to uh, participate in a program on a controversial issue that's fact-based and civil. And the idea behind it essentially is to demonstrate that people who have very strong opinions, who don't agree with each other, can nonetheless have that disagreement based on facts, and it doesn't, without demonizing people with whom you disagree. It seems like most of the time now, if we find someone that doesn't agree with us, doesn't matter whether you're coming from the left or the right, we ascribe the worst possible motives to why they don't agree with us. Mm -hmm. And the idea of American Public Square is saying, no, that's really not necessarily the case in a lot of, case, in a lot, a lot of situations. So we bring people, we create panels of people who have different points of view. We have, uh, we turn it into a conversation as opposed to a confrontation. We let people from the audience ask questions. We have real-time fact checkers so people can't make stuff up. Or if they do make it up, they get caught at it. And the idea is not to embarrass people, but to give them a chance to walk it back. We tell the audience, don't applaud because we don't want a bunch of red meat lines, which are competing red meat lines that we don't think is very productive. Mm -hmm. And we have what we call our civility bell, where a number of people have it. And if someone gets uncivil, they ring the bell and everything stops. And we kind of reboot and start all over again. We are entering our fourth season. We just had a program at the World War One Museum on the future of American pol political parties. So on the panel, we had Howard Dean, we had former chairman of the Democratic National Committee, Danny Diaz, who ran Jeb Bush's campaign, Greg Orman, who is, ran, of course, is an independent for the Senate in Kansas, 
Jackie Saylor, who runs the Independence Party out of New York, and Beth Benami, who is the chairman of the political science department at UMKC. And we turn on television and we see basically food fights that pass as political discussions. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to provide, you know, a safe place where people who don't agree can come and disagree agreeably. Tim and Tom. We acquired a new living being. So tell the people who aren't familiar yeah. about your dog obsession. Mm-hmm. I haven't a dog obsession. Are you sure? Because you have five dogs now. Yes. Uh, my wife has a dog obsession. You know, I don't hate the dogs. I don't dislike the dogs, you know. I certainly wouldn't have a pack of five dogs. I wouldn't have four or three. <laughs> Probably not even two. You know, you might have to sell me on one, but it'd be a hard sell. So we had the four out here. Now we live out on the on the ranch right here. We've got some space for them to run. And my wife found an old... A miniature schnauzer which she had a miniature schnauzer for 17 years growing up and this one was eight years old and i think she just kind of where did she find it, I don't on, get it. online Where's casey uh, or it was the great plains spca's website oh okay but yep. then your other four dogs you didn't find online right no well you know i mean we went to unleashed okay so the first one was carrington we just went to i think she was at wayside and she was just at wayside we went looking for a dog you know Wait a minute, hold on. I thought you found all of these dogs on the streets you named them after. We named them after the streets that they were found on and then surrendered oh, to the right. Oh, I guess I always assumed you found these dogs on those streets. No, no, I ain't driving around. Yeah, and like being like, well, there's a dog, grab that one. <laughs> yeah, that right. seems a little more, no. What did you, okay. man, this whole time you were like, man, it's kind of weird, man. And driving no, around I thought it was awesome. Dogs. I love that about you. Now I kind of don't <laughs> like you as much. Tim and Tom. Cleveland did the most Cleveland thing in the history of Cleveland this past week. <laughs> yeah, tell the people what, what happened during the trade deadline in the NFL okay. and what happened. The Bengals, I guess, uh, have A.J. McCarron as quarterback, and they agreed to trade him to the Cleveland Browns. So Cleveland, who's been having quarterback problems for a decade or more now, horrific disaster after disaster, they agree, let's get this A.J. McCarron guy, we'll get him in here, uh, finish this season out, maybe try to salvage something. And they agree to that trade at 2.55 p.m., which is five minutes before the trade deadline. The Bengals, as you're supposed to, submit that paperwork to the NFL, and the NFL agrees. Cleveland did not submit their paperwork to the NFL because they opted instead to celebrate in the office about and the trade to send the paperwork and then forget to send the paperwork and then they sent it late and the nfl denied it because it was past the trade deadline which means it cannot happen until at least this off season which of course all the tenants of this deal will have changed by then of course how cleveland was that they celebrated giving up two draft picks for aj mccarron when they could have only given up one draft pick for a better quarterback in many people's eyes and jimmy garoppolo from new england and they messed yeah. that up. I read even more so, like, dominoes falling falling into what could have been, you know, if this trade was executed. Yeah. Is, so Cincinnati would have then lost their backup quarterback. They have Andy Dalton. That quarterback, A.J. McCarron, goes to Cleveland. They then would have signed Colin Kaepernick as a backup. Oh. And then see where those dominoes go. Oh, wow. How interesting would that have been? So Cleveland even screwed that up for everybody. <laughs> exactly. Tim and Tom. All right, we're back. We've got Andrew Cameron, Donutology, King, Master, Commander, Supreme Coordinator. What, what else should we call 
the the donut king of Kansas City. Right. Uh, I mean, that's what it really is. So, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us. One thing that I'm noticing uh, about the decor is you have over here to our left the world-famous space donut. Tell us about that because I've been in and I've seen the video, but I haven't really caught all the details about what went into it. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, one of our uh, collaborators came to me in November last year and said, he, he had this uh, laptop, he's like, can I talk to you for a minute? And he went on to have a 30 minute presentation on why we should launch a donut into space. And I'm like, you really didn't have to do all this. Like, all he had to say is, you wanna launch a donut into space? And I'm like, yeah, of course. So um, we put it up on a weather balloon, uh, launched it out of Marceline, Missouri, which is the hometown of Walt Disney. And, uh, you know, just for some extra inspiration. And um, that's what it used to be known for. Now it's known for where the donut that went to space was launched. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you know, so we hung out there. Um, we launched it at uh, dawn that day. And four hours later, it ended up landing in eastern Illinois. So uh, we were expecting just to drive, you know, like two miles down the road. Um, we ended up driving 750 miles that day. But it, it was fun. Yeah. They come in and they sell you on this idea. It, it sounds like it was, and rightfully so, just because we can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Because why not? Yeah. And, you know, part of it with our, our science team and just inspiring uh, people to do outrageous things, like why not send a donut into space? So, so then uh, um, a few of our competitors ended up sending things into space. And even Kentucky Fried Chicken sent a, a piece of chicken into space. And they even used the same uh, sound bites from our video. We won a lot of awards for, for doing it too, so yeah. So all of those businesses are now on notice. We got lawyers coming their way, right? That's right. When we did launch the Donato, we toyed around with the idea of hooking one up to a drone and flying it into a tornado. Um, and then my wife reminded me that I have a son and I, I should not um, do such a dangerous thing. So uh, we, we nixed that idea for now <laughs> um, and for now. I, I had just watched the movie Twister, um, you know, right before that idea came around. So, uh, you know, we're looking at other things, too. Like, what else can we do with donuts? I, had, I was having dinner with a friend last night, actually, and we we're talking about what's the next thing? What's the next space donut? Because we just really had fun doing it. Um, it it's, it's a bit self-serving, really. I mean, to, to launch a donut, we felt like we were like SpaceX or NASA, you know, um, tracking it. Pretty much like Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah, obviously he's my hero. Tim and Tom. We've got the Royal Chief coming up, local rap artist. His album Homecoming available now on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and his website, theroyalchief.com. You mentioned a long time. How long have you been doing this? I'm 26 now. I've been rapping since I was 13. Wow. Well, I've been doing it for I a little while, man. Right, half your life there. for a little while. A 13-year-old rapper. Okay, so when I was 13, I was barely able to tie my shoes correctly every single time. How do you become an artist at that young of an age? I started rapping. I went to a concert, to the Usher concert. It was right when, like, Confessions came out. You know, mm -hmm. you on top of the world. But I went to the uh, the Truth Tour. They had it up at Kemper Arena. Kanye West was opening up for, for Usher. I saw him perform. 
and I was just like, yo, this is what I want to do, you know, just kind of what he was doing and the message he had in his music and everything like that. I'm just like, yo, this, this is what I need to be doing for life. After that, I kind of picked up the pad and, you know, started writing and was writing some very terrible stuff okay. in the beginning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> for a while. <laughs> All right. And for a while, it was really bad. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, you stick with it. I mean, I guess I'm okay now. When was it that you felt like, okay, this is a hit? Was it something that you wrote? Was there a verse? Was there a song where you're like, you know what? I'm actually pretty damn good at this. I can make this into a career. I don't know. It's always weird. I always feel like you just kind of, there's just points that you hit along the way that you kind of always like, okay, I've leveled up. I've taken a step forward. And I, I feel like uh, probably my latest record, See Me Now, I have a record on there called See Me Now, and I, I felt really good about that song. And I, I'm, I'm very hard on myself. When it comes to music, and I feel like, I don't know why, but I feel like all my stuff is terrible. You know okay. what I mean? I don't, right. I don't know why that is, but I feel like everything's terrible. When I heard, when I, I made See Me Now, we recorded it, and we did it on us. Like, you know what? This is a really good song. And that's, that's probably one of the first songs that I just felt really good about uh, mm-hmm. from the show. Tim and Tom. Who would be the person, and I guess I'll, I'll pose it to you first, and then I'll answer uh, afterwards. But who would be the person that if I said that man or woman is not the type of person or has the character qual- qualities that mm-hmm. you're actually thinking yeah. that person the, has? The way I read, uh, read or heard the question uh, from you is basically that, like, what celebrity would you be heartbroken if you yep. heard that they uh, were exposed for something terrible like that, right? Raping, sexual harassment, domestic abuse right like these right. horrific and not just in one things. instance where it's right. like a a, a faulty cereal right. right yeah they started a puppy prostitution ring right like what right, Something like that. right. so i asked my wife this too because i was trying to think i was like who because i'm so skeptical and just cynical and old that i just don't i'm never surprised right i was you said like oh i looked up to him and i was like well that was dumb yeah you know i'm just like you know it's just like every the mighty always (laughs) the mighty always fall you know but it got me thinking okay so personally uh, we know i'm a big k-state fan right and K-State's head coach, Bill Snyder, is a big, you know, do it right, right, you know, even to his own detriment guy. If I found out, he, they were like, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, he rapes dogs. You know, you'd just be like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? you just lose it. Like, I don't know what I would think. Uh, a guy like maybe Bernie Sanders, right? There you go. That's so, who I thought you were going to go with. So, like, there's – because – and regardless of, let's say it's your uh, – you don't even agree with him. Let's say you – wholeheartedly disagree with everything Bernie Sanders says politically. I don't think anybody views him as doing it in a sinister plot. They just there's this old guy who really thinks this is a great thing, right? And he's really trying hard to help people, whether he's misguided or or whether you love him, right? Like I think everybody thinks he's just like the most coming from the most honest place ever. And yeah, if you well, found yeah, out like he's like a found out yeah. that his foundation was actually just going into his personal bank account. Yeah. Like that would probably right. would that wreck oh. you? I, I don't think it would. I mean, it. it I think it would bum you out for a week. It would bum me out. I don't know about a week. It would bum me out. It would surprise me. But I don't think I would be like, "This can't be true." It would just be like, "Oh well, Jesus, man, of what?" I said Jeter initially. Mm-hmm. If Jeter got caught with steroids, 
now that I was starting to think about it, because we phrased this question to each other a couple of days ago when the Charlie Rose thing broke. And I was thinking like, man, actually, I wouldn't be that shocked because in that era of Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, it almost wouldn't shock me if it was like a season that he was recovering from an injury, kind of like Andy Pettit, where he took something to get back into the game. Uh, but like more legit things, not to say that that's not a legit lack of character, but you know, we were talking about sexual assault, sexual assault, and then taking steroids in a baseball game are two completely different things. So I was thinking more so like who would like bum me out if it was like a mm -hmm. real thing. And the first person and kind of the only person that came to my mind for the longest period of time, Tom Hanks, yeah, Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks came oh. out and was like grabby, touchy feely. Oh, I would mm -hmm. be so bummed. Forrest mm -hmm. Gump, Philadelphia, Saving Private Ryan, yeah. Apollo if, 13. If 17 women came forward with with yeah. tales from three decades of, of sexual harassment, yeah, and, and even forced, you know what I mean? Like, just, you'd be like, what the fuff? Tom yeah, Hanks. Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. I love Tom Hanks. Everybody love loves Tom to Hanks. The, he has a new book out about typewriters, for yeah. goodness I, sake. I don't think you've ever, ever in your life heard somebody honestly say, ah, oh, man, I don't like Tom Hanks. Yeah, you might say, like, and you'd be insane and need to be committed. But, like, if you said, like, Forrest Gump's not a good movie, like, I get it. But Tom Hanks, the guy, man. Yeah. All the great hey. things he's done for the military, Quick. all the great things he's done for military history and American history, mm -hmm. preserving all of those things. And he's such a nice guy. Tomorrow, you find out that Tom Hanks, what has Tom Hanks done? Tom Hanks has been keeping somebody in his basement for two years. And, you know what I mean? It's been a missing person that they haven't found from States Away. Now what? I'd cry. Uh, would you cry, man? Yeah, Tom Hanks. I'd probably cry. I'd Tom probably Hanks. cry. I'd probably feel uh, hurt. And rejected, even though I don't know this person, I feel like I have uh, a one-sided relationship where I know him very well, and then yeah. I would feel duped, and then I would feel skeptical and upset with the rest of society. Well, and I'd you did hate you, you did uh, you probably hate me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, <laughs> and 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 he sullied the Tom name. I mean, come on, yeah. you know, Tom. Why did you do that, Tom? Why'd you Tom? Why'd you hurt the Toms, Tom? Yeah, second most famous Thomas of all time. This is supposed to well see, and then you would move up a, a notch. Right. Or are you already so number one? Jefferson. No, are Thomas you, Jefferson. Oh, Thomas Jefferson. And then so yeah, now you're number two. People should get at us on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. We're at Tim and Tom KC. Tell us what you guys what who would break your heart. Uh, I'm interested to hear what other people Who wouldn't uh, break your heart? Hold on, who yeah. wouldn't break your heart? Like you would like, yes, knew that guy was in it. Oh, Kid Rock. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? That just popped into my head around like that guy's sleazy. All right, so then <laughs> Man, you didn't even take a second. <laughs> yeah, no, man, I don't like that guy at all. And then Tim and Tom. So, hey, man, we've got Tanner Masters of Atomic Fizz on the show, man. The Soda Kings of Kansas City here. I'm just going to call it now. I like that, Tanner. Yeah. Yeah. They can take that. They I can mean, take it. Just, yeah. just give us a little 
TNT uh, like trademark logo mm-hmm. right on the bottom. But yeah, yeah, Soda Kings of Kansas City. What would a Tim and Tom soda taste like? Oh, I would probably say it's probably bitter. A, no, I would probably say it has a great, great refreshing uh, start and then very disappointing and tarty at the end. Yeah, just bitter and tart at the end. Almost yeah. gloomy, if something could taste gloomy. But right. initially, it's hitting a home run. Oh, you, yeah. Right? So it's like, this is so good. Like, this is great. And then, mm. Yeah, it's probably the type of soda pop that uh, gives you a stomach ache. Yeah, I was just gonna say your stomach would probably hurt at the end of it. But hey, but you know, but the packaging not a, looks yeah. amazing, right? Well, maybe for the people that are listening that haven't had this original flavor, what what's it like? Is it comparable to another drink? So the interesting thing about our unique flavor is that every single person who tries it says that they taste something different. I've had a friend who says it tastes like cotton candy. We've had someone who said it tastes like cherry Coke. Anything across the board that you can think of, I think it tastes like Skittles. Um, but a lot of people, I'm they, sold. Kinda, they look love- at the color and then they try it and they kind of think it it tastes like a citrusy cream soda. Although personally, I don't taste any sort of cream in it at all. You know, I tell you, I, 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 I'm sold on if it tastes like any and or all of these things. This sounds good. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so how many just horrific things did you try during this taste testing pro? Like, were, was there a time where you're like, all right, that's it. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going home. This was a stupid idea. I'm not taking another drink. Yeah, so probably the most horrible and memorable thing that we tried had to have been a mint soda, and it was just straight mint. We put, uh, I think Mark said he just had a drop of mint extract and carbonated water, and he tried it, and he was gagging. And, I mean, it <laughs> yeah. was just, it was so strong, and it tasted like you had just brushed your teeth. It was, it burned going down, and we we almost quit after that point because <laughs> we almost threw up. I'm looking at your website here too right now, and I'm, I'm reading the page about that you call our story. And I like your mission here. I want to read it out here. It says to redefine America's greatest beverages, to act with integrity and honesty at all times, and to run a financially stable and profitable company while promoting business practices that respect the environment. I mean, that's making a, a statement there. How did you guys come to that? Originally, we had glass bottles because that was the simplest way for us to begin bottling. But we right. started. I started doing a research project at school at the time about sustainable packaging and glass bottles are two times more likely to be recycled. They can be recycled an unlimited amount of times. And so we kind of sat down for a minute and we're like, if we had the option to move to plastic, would we ever do that? And we decided no, because plastic is so harmful to our environment and something that we're, we're very passionate about is protecting our environment. And so with our business, that's something we want to project as well to kind of help that effort in the, protecting and creating a clean environment across the globe. You guys have mentioned, or excuse me, I should say, you have mentioned that you guys are are doing class projects and stuff like that. Are you guys still in school and trying to run this business on top of that? Are you guys like dual responsible in this, in, in that sense? Me, Mark, and Sam, and again, Sam's the vice president, Mark's the director of marketing. We're all still in school right now. We're full-time students. We've got part-time jobs and we're out there running this business. So we're, we're pretty busy. I mean, I, I enjoy every minute of it. It's just crazy trying to deal with all this at once. I imagine. Sure. Do you sleep? Yeah, normally I don't sleep. Okay. <laughs> Tim and Tom. Tony? 
or Anthony, or Sharkbait, a man of many names. So what propels you? You said you've been fighting in the streets. I mean, what was it the popularity of the sport? And you said, hey, man, I, I can do this. So what drives you into something like this? You know, it was, a, it was a combination of being sick of, like, I, I grew up playing a bunch of sports. Uh, like football, basketball, baseball. I was not very good at baseball, but I played it. Football and basketball were my thing. And uh, I went to Lee Summit West High School. And really, like, freshman year and sophomore year, I was getting kind of sick of just, which, you know, and it was there was nothing political about it. I was mediocre compared to all the talent that was at the school. And so, you know, I made the basketball team, you know, being the, the seventh, eighth man. I made the football team being the second string guy on JV or on the sophomore team, which, you know, when you're a sophomore, you want to play JV. And so you get put on the sophomore team. And there's nothing wrong with that or anything like that. But a lot of those team sports, I, I kind of just started getting turned off because of my lack of success, I think. And I didn't really have the desire to play at a – at a level that a lot of, like a lot of the kids I went to high school with that were playing those sports ended up playing Division One and stuff like that. And I was never at that level. So a combination of that, and then I remember getting in a, a couple street fights earlier on in my life, and I remember noticing how much of a struggle it was for both people. And then I realized, like, it's a huge struggle mentally and physically just as much as it is for you that you're feeling a lot of times when they're not prepared, it's the same for them. So if you can kind of just chill out, they'll beat themselves. And I remember, I remember, th I remember learning that early and then I was kind of just turned on by the chaos. What do you think some of the key differences are in say a real MMA fight versus pro wrestling, which is kind of a, a circus like performance of a, what would essentially be a mixed martial arts fight? What would so from your stance and how you're going to go out and do your physical activity? I mean, really, like in MMA, it's it's more of like uh, you're in your own zone and in your own head, and you got to impose your will on you know your opponent uh, and to to get a, a victory. With, with pro wrestling, like a lot, I look across the ring, I look in his eyes, and especially at the state I'm in, I'm thinking please let's stick together and work together and let's get this figured out and be as one. <laughs> like That's how I view like my opponent in pro wrestling because we're working together and I'm so green that like I'll sometimes I'll get lost or whatever. And he'll, will call like audibles on the fly and I'm like, Oh Jesus. And uh, cause I'm newer. And so like, and so like when I'm pro wrestling, it's more of you are my friend, let's dance. And then in MMA, it's more of just focused on imposing my will on them. As far as the physicality goes, MMA's physicality is more of I've exerted my muscles to the point where they can't be exerted anymore, and that's your soreness. Pro wrestling is more of a uh, I've been sitting in my sofa all day long. Okay, bam, I just got hit by a car soreness. <laughs> but it's different. All right, and one last question. Uh, who's cooler, Tim or Tom? Tom, 100%. Oh, not even close. Yes. Oh, man. Good one. There I you think, go. you know what, maybe, <laughs> oh, you know what, I wasn't recording. I, uh, you know. Tim and Tom. Hey, Tom, did I tell you we have an Amazon affiliate link on our website now? Uh, no, that's yeah, cool. It is. So what that means is listeners who are listening to us right now, they can go to our website, timandtomkc.com. The link is written right there at the top of the page. It says Amazon. 
They'll buy whatever they're going to buy at the same price, and we're going to get a little action. They're going to give us a little kickback from it. Amazon is. Yeah, this is a really cool feature, guys. What I like about it the most is you're not charged anything extra. So if you buy an item off of Amazon, for example, that is $10, you're still paying $10. You're not paying 11 or 12 But the difference is that a little bit of the kickback, as Tim mentioned, comes to us. So instead of that money going to Jeff Bezos and a billionaire, ah, he doesn't need another private jet. But you know what? We need a couple of dollars to run yep. the site, pay for some things that we've got going on with Tim and Tom Casey. It's a great way to help us out. Every little yep. bit counts. We appreciate it yep. oh so much. Tim and Tom. Let's end it, though, on full circle. Let's go yeah. back to the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Yeah, let's end yeah. it on that. Because yeah. that's some good old Christmas stuff. Oh, like. yeah. Oh, so you want me to, like, yeah, let's trail it out with that. The trans. Yeah. That's a. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> that was so good. It was like the real thing. Tim and Tom. So we like to talk sports once in a while, you know, but what do we know? You know, it's not our world. I mean, we watch sports, but as a casual fan, so we got to talk to some experts. Uh, we'll see if he builds himself as an expert. We've got Ryan Wachowski at a 610 Sports. Uh, what's going on, Ryan? You there? Yeah, I'm here, gentlemen. How are you today? <laughs> We're good, man. We're good. A uh, little excited after a Chiefs victory. It's always good after you beat the Raiders, right? Before uh, the game today against the Raiders, uh, the Chiefs have lost four in a row can you explain what that was about? Because, you know, the first five games, they look to be the best team in the league. And then they lose two games to New York Jets and the New York Giants, who are abysmal at best. How can that be explained that we beat the Patriots and Eagles, but then we look like that we don't even know how to spell football, let alone play it in four games against two of those kind of teams. Well, I mean, if I had the answer to that question, I'm pretty sure Andy Reid would be paying me handsomely for it as well. So I honestly... I feel like they're over a span. There was a stretch where they didn't even have the answers. And, uh, you know, honestly, I think it came, kind of came down to a lack of focus and just kind of a, a little bit of buying into what, you know, the media was saying about you early on and, and you starting out 5-0. and And you're right. You beat two of the best teams to start out the year in, in the Patriots and the Eagles. And people think you can kind of put it into cruise control and that you're going to be able to sustain that. And I think some of the team kind of bought into that. And and you saw today that there was a different kind of focus in what they were doing. And there for three quarters, I think they're at the end of the third quarter, the, the Raiders had like 110 yards or something, something like that. It was ridiculous. So you saw a, just a different level of focus from the guys today and what they were doing. And it's not that I think that had kind of, you know, the week in and week out and day in and day out type of stuff that they were doing, it changed. I think that there was just kind of a little too much buying into the hype. And so if I kind of wanted to put my finger on what I think the problem with the Chiefs is, I think it's that it kind of peaked a little too soon. Mm. And when you beat teams like the Eagles and you beat teams like the Patriots, the expectation level rises. And it's not to say that there wasn't expectations coming into the year for the Chiefs, but all of a sudden you go into having – an MVP candidate in Alex Smith, and you go to being a Super Bowl contender and people talking about you running the table in this division. And, you know, at the end of the year, after things play out, you're right here in the thick of it where, where you've got a game with the Chargers going on right now that you they could kind of be tied with you right now. Mm -hmm. So you're still kind of log jammed in the division, and the way that the things kind of shake out over an entire season is just, you never kind of know. I mean, I hate to use the any given Sunday mentality, but you never know what's going to happen over a, over a whole 16 games. And so 
you know, when you start out 5-0 and and you start out that hot, it's just hard to continue to do stuff like that, and it's really easy to lose focus. Yeah. You know, I, I think we actually figured it out, and it's that the last time we had a sports update, uh, uh, we made a proclamation that the Chiefs were going to win the Super Bowl, so I think we brought a curse. Tim, onto the- no, no, no. No, no, no. Tim <laughs> made a proclamation. Right. I said nothing. Okay, so so it's my fault. You know, you, you look at the, the schedule that the Chiefs have over the final three games of the season, and it's it's teams that, let's face it, on paper, it, they match up very well against. Now, that didn't vote so well in the middle part of the season, but I think over the final three, now that you're starting to see some things click, now that some things are starting to come together, you're going to start seeing the Chiefs be able to play a little bit better football, and it hopefully it'll be a little less depressing every Sunday. All right, you heard it here first. Chiefs are winning the Super Bowl. That, <laughs> no? Isn't that what he said? Tim and Tom. Are you having a midlife crisis? A midlife crisis? I would hope I'm not at midlife. <laughs> Maybe I am. I probably am. What am I, 32, 64? Yeah. I definitely am at midlife right now. Think you're now. going at 64? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I hope so. Kind of surprised I made it to 37. Yeah, a lot of us are. That I made it to 37? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, a us, lot are. of us are. I agree with that. Yeah. Astounded. Yeah, teams um, of psychiatrists and social workers are trying to figure it out. Yeah, it's actually... Uh, it always each year that you live keeps going down as that year in reviews greatest accomplishment. Yeah, until further notice. Greatest right accomplishment. there, right there. Yep. This guy Tim and Tom. We started doing this Tim and Tom a few weeks back. Now what, a couple months ago, Tom, and we always yep. uh, we have a thing on Twitter where if you follow us it responds saying, "Hey, Thanks for following us. What do you want to know more about in Kansas City? Or who do you want to know more about? And a name that frequently comes up is Joel the Bandit. And so we've met Joel the Bandit before, <laughs> and we thought, well, yeah, absolutely. Fun guy. Let's get him on here. How are you, Joel? Oh, man, I'm doing great. I, just this month has been busy, busy, busy. Just nothing nonstop work, but I uh, can't complain. <laughs> How about you guys? Uh, we're doing pretty good, so let's get into that. You say nonstop work. I mean, you're a man about town. People know you from all over the place. You work at a, a record store. You also do some local music. Uh, what would I call it? Even hosting, emceeing. What? What? Give people the quick and easy on what Joel the Bandit does. Oh man, that's a, that's a great first question. A lot of people always ask me that, and right off the bat, yeah, I work at a. Uh, Brothers Music here in Mission, Kansas, and I've uh, been doing that for it's coming up two years now. And how it all started with, uh, with the local music is going to uh, all these shows and just thinking, like, how can I get involved in some small way? How can I want to be able to do something? And it never quite lined up, but now um, I do saying local tooth where you're, you're right. We basically, yeah, MC bands that come in, they love, unfortunately we can't have live music. So uh, what that instead is we play their music over our uh, speakers over at up down and they get unlimited tokens, free beer. Who doesn't love that? Right. And right. it gets a uh, chance to people. I've gotten people coming up to me like, Oh, who's this band playing over there? So we've gotten a great response from it. So yeah, I just, I'm in love with local music. So it's, I've always wanted to do something with it, and now that I'm able to, it's just a dream, dream come true. Tim and Tom. 
Sunday, December 24th, mm. from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. at the Country Club Plaza. It is March of the Dinosaurs. What is that, Tom? I will quote the event description. <laughs> this Christmas Eve is our time to shine. As dinosaurs, we must make our stand and display to Kansas City, nay, to the world, <laughs> that we are still alive and present. Bring your dinosaur costume. Bring your dinosaur mask. Bring your dinosaur protest signs. Bring your dinosaur self and let us make this Christmas season memorable. I want to see this. I, I hope okay. that this has a huge turnout. Okay, I so want, they I want will be thousands meeting, of this. Yeah, they will be meeting at the plaza, and in quotations it says, at the bottom of the parking garage that is directly next to the Waffle Bar at 4745 Central Street, Kansas City, Missouri. The natural, at 3 p.m. The natural meeting space where dinosaurs would have met. So, As it should be. Right, yeah, yeah. As nature Their intended. Majestic March will begin at 315, maybe 325, and they will make their presence known for 30 to 45 minutes until we shall return to the garage and emerge as normal humans. <laughs> I don't know that you will emerge as normal humans, but I want to see this happen. I am yes. excited. <laughs> so grab your dinosaur dinosaur costume grab your dinosaur signs it is going down sunday december 24th from 3 3 15 to 5 at the country club hey. plaza hey if if participating in a dinosaur march doesn't scream traditional christmas eve to you then i we just can't be friends yeah then you better stop downloading this episode right. because we do not no, know keep, how to talk no to no, no keep downloading it just don't listen to it i want there the numbers go. just don't listen to it <laughs> Tim and Tom. So that was a recap of the past few episodes on Tim and Tom. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully you enjoyed that. Hopefully um, it rekindled some fun memories from past guests and also some fun banter that Tim and I had. So thanks for listening to some extra content that we're providing you. Again, uh, if you like this podcast, if you like what you heard, feel free to use this as a tool to get new listeners involved. Uh, share it with a friend a family member, uh, a loved one, help us out with uh, kind of spreading the word of what we're trying to do here in Kansas City. Just like Tom said, share it with your friend. And we uh, will also remind you and your friend to check out our website, timandtomkc.com. We are also on the big social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of them at Tim and Tom kc you can interact with us directly there we like to get engaged and like to have banter with you as well so hit us up on there and we will just get out of here because we're gonna have another episode to get posted here uh, man we just keep turning these things out that's what we do we're here for the people and we're here for you so thanks again and uh you shall hear from us very very soon yeah I like that we're the people's podcast you can check us out on another episode of tim and tom but for now tom can give you a fun fact. Fun fact, in 2007, a couple divorced after discovering they had an online affair with each other under fake names. <laughs> All work, no play, one day, I promise it's gonna pay off. So set in my way, swear I may never take a day off. Uh -uh. No way they taking shots, man, they off, way off. Treat every game like it's the playoffs, right? All work, no play Man, I may never take a day off 
Man, I may never take it, never take it, never take it. We only elevate, we elevate it. Man, I may never take it, never take it, never take it. We only elevate, we elevate us, elevate, we elevate us. Tim and Tom.